is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, before we get to today's episode, I wanted to let you know that Imperfect Eating Mastery opens up for registration on August 18th. If you are that person who is just tired of being way on a diet or being way off a diet and you want to find long-term balance with food, Imperfect Eating Mastery is the coaching program for you. In this program, we actually work together for eight weeks straight where it's really high touch. I'm going to help you build really solid habits with meals, movement, and mindset. And then beyond eight weeks, we actually have monthly coaching calls to make sure that it's sticking, make sure that you're still showing up for yourself, make sure that, you know, when the holidays hit or, you know, something great happens in life or something not so great happens that you still have that support so that you have long-term balance with food. So again, in perfect eating mastery, it opens up August 18th. I will share more. If you are on my email list, definitely check your email for a special coupon code next week. If you're not on my email list, make sure you click the link in the show notes to get on there. She can get that special coupon code. All right, let's start today's show. Hey, it's Jacqueline with systemsforselfcare.com where I teach you to consistently take daily actions. So you can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. Today on the podcast, I have Violetta. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm very well. I'm very excited about this. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to have you here too. I love meeting friends on the internet and then having them on the podcast. Yes, yes, it's exciting. Yeah. So you are in the middle of a ton of racing right now. You, The message we exchanged the other day, you said you were in the middle of four races. Yes, uh, it was Tour of Thameside. Um, I, luckily, it's a rest day today, <laughs> but it went over four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. How How long were the races? Luckily, they were not that long. So it was about six, seven miles only um, Saturday, day three. It was half marathon to, to do. But yeah, it That's was amazing. good. Yeah. The energy from your message, I could tell that you were like really excited about what you were doing. I mean, it's one of, it's pretty hard to do that. Yeah, I, I am excited because to me, you know, for some people, it's like they are exhausted after those races and, and they are like, you know, sometimes upset with the results. I love the atmosphere. I love the um, it, how people cheer each other and, <laughs> and the, the achievement in itself. This is just, uh, you know, an amazing uh, experience. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about this on the podcast today, but it's like using running as having an amazing experience instead of running all like being just about your pace and another reason to like beat yourself up for not being good enough. Like it's two different ways that you can approach it. And I'm with you, like the atmosphere at a race, like you see the kindest people that come to volunteer and hand you water and strangers that come to cheer for you and I think that I haven't done a race in a long time because of the pandemic. So it's like one of those things that, you know, you really miss. Yes, exactly. On this one, we actually stayed with my friend on Sunday till the very last person, you know, and it was a beautiful experience also to be on the other side and, you know, clap them and cheer them on. Because for some people to run those seven miles as a fourth day of, uh, you know, racing, 
it's it's a massive thing I, I remember when I've done my first like one day race it was a huge thing and and feeling those emotions from both sides is just unbelievable yeah I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that a lot of us have this fear of I'm going to be the last person to finish the race and if I'm the last person like everyone's going to make fun of me or it's going to be really embarrassing but like you as a spectator is like no I'm like excited for that person too Yes, when I was looking at these people, I, I knew that they put more effort than I did. You know, they that was really big thing for them. Well, for me, it was you know smaller room than my normal average rooms during the week. So I really felt like I could feel their excitement and how they push themselves. Uh, you know, th- most of these people they do it for reasons. They fundraise. There was a lady who was running. Um, in memory of her mom that died just a few days ago. So it's a meaningful experience for these people. Yeah, that's amazing. So it sounds like you were not a runner growing up. Is this something that you picked up later in life? Yes. You know, when I was a teenager, I I, I was running, never on my own. That time I felt like it would be strange to go on my own. So I had to have people with me. Um, but it was never consistent running it would be I always wanted to run consistently but it would be like you know a few times a month then nothing for a few weeks and and then again um until I think it was three years ago when I signed up for my first race and then I enjoyed this feeling so much that I never stopped signing up for events uh, just to continue that training and that just just to continue running what changed that like what about that time in your life do you think that you started being consistent with it so everything started when I was getting out of depression really that's when I started to be in nature a lot more um I was hiking a lot like every single weekend I would be in nature in the mountains whatever the weather and I also did more running than usually. But then um, then I realized that I can run in the mountains as well. <laughs> and that was like, wow, you know, can I just put this uh, level up and, and try something harder? So what changed? What got me more consistent? I think having... Firstly, noticing how it affects me, how it calms me down and how it helps me because I felt like, firstly, I have something for myself. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I'm a part of the community because I also joined a running club. Um, Thirdly, I recognize that I can do it on my own and it really helps to clear my head. And, And another thing is I realized that when I'm, having those events I'm looking forward to it to them I'm training for them so they helped me to be consistent and, and I didn't even realize it just became a part of my life yeah I cannot think of the name of this book and it's going to kill me and I'll have to put it in the show notes later on but he was a um, psychologist during the um, holocaust and he was talking about what you need to like have like you get out of depression. It's like, you need a project. You need your suffering to have meaning and you need to be like with people. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about the book? Yes. I I think I've read that book, but I am really bad with any titles or (laughs) 
names so but i i totally agree um and you nicely noticed that this is what i started to gather there was a challenge community um and uh, and that's something to focus on like a hobby um yes which is and that's very similar to how i got started with running too i was a teacher i had I didn't like my job and I needed something outside of work. And I also remember when I first started teaching someone telling me you need a hobby outside of work. And I was like, that's cute, but I don't have time for that. Like I'm so immersed in work and then got to this burnout period was like, you do need to go get a hobby because life feels really hopeless right now. So it's like moving your body can get you out of that really low state. Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally agree. I remember I had a similar conversation with a counselor when, um, as, I, as I was talking to her, she was asking me, you know, so what do you do for yourself? And I was like, kind of couldn't find anything <laughs> because I, I would do plenty of things for other people. Um, and so, so it was, it was a huge learning journey to realize that I can have something like running. It, it, even though it takes time, especially as you start to enjoy it and you start doing it more often, you know, it sometimes it takes five to 10 hours every week of my time. Um, but when you realize how it actually affects you and how it affects others around you when you have something for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, then I don't feel guilty anymore when I go out on my own for a few hours in a room. Yeah. So there was there that guilt about spending, like you were being self-indulgent, like spending so much time on yourself with running? Not sure if it was with running in okay. general. Before yeah. I started to do those things for myself, there was always that kind of feeling that I can only do things with other people, for others, but not for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so running, um, you know, really helped me to realize that, no, I am actually better when I come back after a long run. I'm better for others because I had something for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I hear that from, I think I work with a lot of moms and I work with women mostly. And there is this like, I can't spend time on myself because I need to take care of my job. I need to take care of my kids. And, but like you said, like when you do something for yourself, you're actually easier to be around and more joyful to be around because you have done something for yourself. You've taken time for self-care. Totally, totally. Um, whenever I feel like, oh, you know, I'm a bit tired and, and things are not perfectly right, then I know, okay, it's time to be with me and just to go out, enjoy my room. And then then I come back feeling better. And, and when you feel better, it affects everyone around you. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit when you, so you got started with running, did you jump into doing races right away? And you said you've been consistent. Have you been doing that all this whole time? So uh, when I, when I was getting out of depression, I was running quite a lot um, with my partner, but he was very fast. So quite often I would come back home uh, feeling sick or coughing like crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> because it wasn't fully my pace. And I didn't realize that, you know, you can just run and enjoy it. Um, 
And so only when I signed up for that race and I started to be like really consistent because I didn't want to get injured. I wanted to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I started to train for it, uh, that's when I realized, oh, okay, I keep running three days every week. Let's continue it. And I and I kept looking at my Strava, you know, just to see three dots every single week. And that was that was giving me that feeling of achievement and progress. Um, so I just continued it and never stopped signing up for events just to have this consistency and, and the emotion of, you know, my first ever running race, seeing all these people clapping and cheering me on and I didn't know them, um, you know, it was just bringing tears into my eyes and, and it was funny because after that that first event, whenever I would see any other event, even biking or whatever, I would clap these people and I would feel these tears coming to my eyes, you know, like that strong emotion of, of gratitude, cheering people on. It's just such a beautiful experience. Hard to really explain in words. Yeah, I feel that too, like, I think that years and years ago, I used to feel really self-conscious running outside and like people seeing me run. But then when I started, I think when I started doing races and I would be around other people and I was like, well, I'm really excited for these people. So maybe people driving by are actually excited for me. Like maybe they're getting tearful and emotional and like, but it just kind of like turned off that like negative self-talk and like that self-conscious like uh, are people judging me I mean I'm sure people are driving past and some are judging me but I can also just tell myself a different story you know they're excited for you Jacqueline yes yes you always choose what, what story you tell yourself uh, I, I talked to, to to many runners that were concerned what people think about them concerned about their speed um some people are even concerned whether they are not too slow to run with me. And it's like, like what? You know, I just want to go and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I'm not the fastest runner. So I think it's important to remember that even those fastest people, even people that are racing, they still do it for the joy of it and not just for, for speed or uh for anyone's approval and we always choose how how we see it and and whether we let anyone else to whether we worry what people think or not Mm -hmm. is that something you ever struggled with with like like negative self-talk about like about your speed or your body or like being out there and if so have you like had to do work to change that self-talk um you know what it is the, the most difficult moments that I um noticed are when I'm on my own and I'm training <laughs> or when I was doing some virtual races uh, it wasn't related to what other people think about me but it was more related to how I feel let's say oh I'm slow today I'm feeling heavy I should be doing this I should feel like this I should train I should progress um, so through all the work that I did on myself, I was able to spot this talk and realize, okay, this is not going to help me. Let's just notice that it's amazing that I'm out there. I don't need to be, you know, my best every day. And I just, I would just start to 
change that self-talk into something more positive. Uh, it still sometimes happens. It even happened uh, on Sunday as I was running. Um, um, I overtook someone that I remember that um, she was a lot slower on one of the other races on this whole tour. And the self-talk in my head was, oh, you must be very slow today. Oh, you must be doing really bad. Oh, you know, if, if... and then I thought, what? It's the fourth day of your racing. You're enjoying it. You're still running. You're feeling good. Nice, you know, enjoy it. <laughs> What's the point of comparing yourself or wondering if you're too slow or uh, someone is faster? So it happens. It's just the key is to notice it and tweak it so that it helps you and not uh, works against you. Yeah, I think that's so huge in a lot of us we have that narrative about how much we suck going and it's constantly playing in the background. And if you're not aware of it, it really just brings you down. And if any anything that you go and do, any hobby, it really makes it not a fun thing. It makes it a stressful thing and just more evidence that you suck instead of like, wait, this is like, this is literally just a fun race that you paid money to go do. Um, it can be just a hobby and something fun. Exactly, exactly. You know, the, the thing is, many people are not able to, to change that self-talk. And I didn't realize how hard it is for some people. So I started to really talk more openly about it with my friends, how I deal with it. And uh, and I noticed that many people were inspired to, to just by hearing that, they are not the only ones having those thoughts, uh, especially in my running club. We are doing like a um, virtual cham- cham- championship runs. Like every month we've got a different uh, route to, to complete, um, different terrain, different mileage, and you can do it anytime on your own. And there was one of those races that I did with uh, my friend and, and she was far ahead already. And I'm running and I'm thinking... I feel like a heavy elephant, like I'm running and feeling like what is going on? I'm I'm slower than on my gently races because it's just on my doorstep. So I, I recognize that it's something's not right. And, and then I started to feel like, oh, maybe I, maybe I should stop. Maybe there is no point to finish. She's so far and, and it's still about 9K to go. And then I just realized, what are you doing to yourself? And I, and I changed this talk and I said, okay, you just did ultra race a week ago. You are now out there running and that's already benefit. That's already amazing. Um, how can you compare anything if you haven't finished this run yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just by finishing it, you're already ahead. Not many people are even going out there and doing it. And another thing, do you remember a few years ago when you didn't go out even once a week? Now it's, uh, you know, several days when you're out there running. Uh, Even though I feel like a heavy elephant on that day, but I'm still running. I'm not injured. And just by, again, shifting all of these thoughts into more positive, I realized, yeah, so I may as well just just finish it and have it done, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, our heads will, it'll play those tricks on us. And like, and I always talk about too, with my clients, like, 
you have to notice that self-sabotaging talk because if you don't notice it, you will follow the actions of that self-sabotaging talk, which would have been, you would have stopped the race. Like you would have gone and sat down and not finished the race, but you were able to be like, wait, wait a second. This is just that voice again. Actually have this whole body of evidence that I am a rock star. So I'll let me go. Let me go do this thing anyway, even though that voice is like trying to bring you down. No, I'm going to just go do this thing. It's not. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And we all have this voice. It's just how we deal with it. I am so glad you said that too. Yeah. You, you like, we think that we are the only ones that have that thing going on in the back of our heads. And then, but it's like, no, like literally everyone has it. Everyone has it. But the people who go and do the things are the ones that are like, really have gotten the practice of listening and knowing, like being aware of that voice. Exactly, exactly. And then you can also bring this entire practice into your daily life, into your work, business, whatever. Because, you know, during other moments in our life, we also have this negative chatter uh, coming up with strange ideas. And, you know, just by training it during your rooms, you're more likely to be self-aware and notice those thoughts. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that's one of the cool things about running. I mean, I'm sure any, any activity you go and do with your body, but like being able to take the lessons and transfer them over to other parts of your life. And I think the cool thing about running too, is like doing these races, like you have this body, like really, like I'm looking at your background right now and you have like a bunch of medals there, but you have like this, (laughs) like tangible evidence that you've gone and done hard things that you've never been able to do. So when something else hard pops up, you're like, but wait, like I figured it out. Can you share a little bit more about how you got into this practice of like listening to that voice? And like, is there any, do you, have you done journaling? Are there books? Like, how did you get good at listening to this and changing what you do? Mm-hmm. I think meditation helped me to, to get to that place. Um, a few years ago, when I was getting out of depression, I started to meditate just to calm myself down, calm those thoughts and, and be aware of what is going on, what emotions are there. Um, and practicing it on a daily basis helped me to notice those thoughts because that's the first step. Most of the time, we think that we, we cannot do anything or we cannot deal with that uh, chatter because we don't notice that these are our thoughts. And it's not just that they suddenly appear, they are there all the time. So just by slowing things down, relaxing more and meditating, that's what helped me to, to, to get to that practice. And I'm saying, you know, when if, if you met me, let's say seven years ago, I was like busy all the time, spinning my le- my uh, wheels like crazy, working all the time, partying all the time, and everything was like busy in my life. I could not uh, relax. I didn't even know how could you relax. I mean, I had an idea that through sport you can relax, but at that point that wasn't even healthy type of relax like you know now I can mindfully run that time I would just run you know to 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 do a workout to do it fast Mm. Um, so yeah it's it's just the practice of slowing down relaxing meditating and noticing those those thoughts and noticing that 
we decide what we do with them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Meditation is huge. And I'm so glad you mentioned it. But I also know that I've talked to a lot of people, or even if I've tried helping people (laughs) start implementing meditation, their first um, reaction is like, I'm so busy and I'm so wired that meditating is going to stress me out more to like have to sit there and do nothing mm-hmm. and like, or have to like, wh- what advice do you have for those people that are like, that's going to make things worse? Like you don't understand. I was exactly the same. My first ever meditation happened uh, with a counselor. I paid for a session and then, you know, she recognized that I, I was in the middle of depression, burnout and everything else. And she said, okay, so how about I take you through a guided meditation? Five minutes into that meditation, you know, she played the nice music, some birds singing, and, 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 you know, her voice was very slow and calming. But I could not stop thinking that we are wasting time. Yeah, you're not doing anything. (laughs) We need to be doing something. (laughs) And I was thinking... I paid for this session and we are just wasting time. We are not getting anywhere. I'm not doing it it, because it was so unnatural to me to do nothing that I didn't value it at all. And so if any, if anybody listening is feeling like, you know, I, I just, I can't do it. That's, that's okay. That's normal. Nobody can do it straight away. Um, but something, you know, if, if something is inspiring you to try it, there is a reason for that. So I, I didn't stop there. I was curious. I tried to Google different um, guided meditations. I downloaded some apps. Uh, and I also tried on my own just to understand because meditation is nothing woo or magic. It's just about slowing down and experiencing the present moment Mm -hmm. so I just started very simply by I don't know noticing um when I'm doing um let's say when I'm washing up noticing the feeling of the the water um when I was running noticing how my feet are landing or what I can see or hear so just through that kind of mindful um experience of the present moment I was able to open up more for for meditation and I knew it would help me. That's why I I wanted to try it. Nothing is easy straight away. It's like running my first 10K wasn't easy. And the same is with meditation. Meditating for the first 10 minutes ever, it isn't easy. Even first 10 times, it isn't easy. Yeah. No, that's that's so key because it is this thing as adults, we think that we should be good at everything that we do on the first try. And if you're not good at it on the first try or the second try, oh, it's probably not for me. Oh, that works for other people, but it's not for me. But it's like, there's like, there's like actual scientific research these days about meditation and how it helps us. So it's like, it might take a little bit of, you know, practice and warming up to make it or find a way to help it help make it work for you. Yes. And you can make it your own, like totally you don't need to sit and listen to to guided meditation there is so many different styles you can go in nature and stare at the beautiful view for 10 minutes and that's the same or you can listen to the music and switch off yourself totally and just lie down for 10 minutes that's that's also meditation so finding what works for you I think it's the key 
What does it look like for you right now? Is it part of like something you do every day? Yes, it is. But like, like everyone, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I have days when I, I, I sit to meditate and I just can't. I, I can't sit still. I can't focus and I'm not pushing. Then I will just feel, okay, let's just do something else. Um, but because I see the value of meditation, when I cannot sit still for 10 minutes, what I'm doing, I'm trying to add like one minute short, tiny breaks, especially during work, just to be present, breathe, enjoy that moment. Uh, plus when I'm hiking or running, mm-hmm. uh, without calling it meditation or, or making a big thing of it, I'm just experiencing that moment by hearing what I'm hearing, uh, enjoying the views, uh, especially I live in the peak district, so I've got a beautiful surrounding to, mm-hmm. to run around. Um, and so I'm, I'm taking it in, enjoying the nature, and, and that's also a meditation. Um, especially uh, I was doing a lot of it when at the beginning when I was still kind of depressed, even during my hikes, I would, you know, burst into tears and, and feel really bad. I would just focus on feeling my body and feeling how I'm moving, how my my feet are landing, how I'm feeling the wind on my face and and the rain and and things like that. And so so it's just about doing things that helps you to be present. Mm -hmm. Which is, yeah, I mean, we spend so much time on technology, on screens and not in nature. I mean, sitting like literally what we're doing now, sitting in a room on a screen with our body bent like this. So like just being present in nature and noticing your body, like moving through nature that can be meditation. I like how you said like it doesn't have, it can be very woo woo. Like it can be, you can make it that if you love that, but if you don't, it can just be something really basic, like being walking walking through a mountain hiking yes exactly like for uh, when I got into meditation I really wanted my partner to try it to do it but very soon I realized that he does it already without calling in meditation he's able to just lie down and do nothing and and just hear the music or uh, look at the view and do nothing, think nothing and, and enjoy the moment. And this is this is also meditation. It doesn't need to be anything specific and super focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said that you're a lot different than you were seven years ago. Mm-hmm. How would like, like, not, is it night and day? Like how would someone describe you seven years ago and how would someone describe you now these days? <clears throat> seven years ago, I would be... Uh, workaholic who is partying every weekend and drinking like crazy and unfulfilled having boring job um, and not having anything for myself no hobby really Um, I mean I, I loved mountains but because I didn't, it didn't create that I can do it on my own mm. um, I would do it like a few times a year only and how I would uh, what I would say now now it's like uh, I'm fulfilled satisfied with my life I'm enjoying the life like to the fullest mm-hmm. um, and I'm grateful for the smallest things 
and I'm so I'm I'm so happy with everything. It's it's just like a walking joy. Mm-hmm. And you you left? Did you leave a career to start a business? How, what? How did that shift happen? Yes, it was interesting time. As um, <laughs> I, I, at the same time, I was going through a few things. So I was already burned out at work. Mm-hmm. I was going through divorce. And then I was uh, made redundant. In the UK, it's when your job position is um, no longer existing. That, mm-hmm. That's how we call it. Um, and, and I end up totally depressed. I just hated my life, myself and everything. And it was it, now when I look at it, 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 it was a beautiful moment because I, I went so low to just recreate everything from the beginning. So as soon as I started to feel better and, and recognize that I can actually have the life that I want. Um, and, and that time I, when I finished working with a counselor, I started to work with a coach and, and set myself goals, not just for my um, personal or, or career, but also for, for things that I enjoy, like running and I started to do things for myself or just for the sake of joy. I did some painting, sewing. So just just doing things that I, um, that relax, um, help me to, to, to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And what do you do now? Right now I run my own coaching business. Um, what else? I enjoy life to the fullest. Yeah. Um, Every weekend in the mountains, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nearly every day uh, running or hiking or swimming, enjoying nature. Um, yeah, being active and being out there. Yes, and I don't even drink. You so that's, oh, wow. That's a, that's a massive change. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that you said that really caught my attention was um, it sounds like I mean, obviously you went to a counselor and that helps and that's really important. And also doing these things even before you felt better, because I think a lot of us, if you're in that depressive hole, you don't think that going and moving your body is going to help you feel better. It's like, that's no, that won't help. That won't help. And again, it's that self, that self-sabotaging voice that keeps you stuck. But like you actually, you said you were out there and sometimes you're hiking and you might start crying. Like you were not feeling good, but you kept up with it. How did you like... How did you keep yourself going even though you – I'm sure there were times you didn't want to go? I think quite often I was just dragged on those hikes by my partner. Oh, really? <laughs> Sometimes I, I just didn't want to go anywhere. Sometimes I I didn't feel good enough. So um, the, the key is to have around you people that will encourage you. Um, I even, you know, still sometimes have days when I feel like, oh, I don't want to do anything. But there is always someone from my running club that will say, let's go for a run. Um, Or sometimes, um, specifically, I will book some running sessions with some people during the week when I know that I'm, I don't know, busy or or stressed at work, just to make sure that I, I do go out. So, you need to help yourself by gathering people around you that also do those things and uh, and just scheduling them, making them happen. Amazing. 
Cool. Well, this was great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave with listeners as they um, navigate their way through summer? Um, what would I say is to try things out for yourself and find what really works for you. Find what, uh, make it your own because not everything is for everyone. I cannot say, oh, do um, running races because I enjoy it. You may enjoy running on your own. You may enjoy running in a big group. You may enjoy I don't know, just walking. But the, the key is to find something that you really love because when you when you do more of what you love, that's when you feel good. When you feel good, um, it's nice to be around you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, this is great. If people wanted to connect with you, where's the best place that they can find you? Um, you can find me on the website violetta.co.uk um, all, or on my Facebook, Instagram. Um, Yeah. I'll put those links in the show notes. Thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you so much.